I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Travis. That's it. Okay, cool. Um, so I rolled single engine systems. Go. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah, today I wanted to talk about single engine systems, which, so what I mean by that is things like GURPS or the old Amazing Engine, if people remember that from back in the 80s, or uh, let's see, what else would be a good example of this? I suppose it's possible that honestly, like the D20 system has now, you know, morphed into this in some way. Um, or we, or, or the Savage Worlds, like D6 system has probably morphed into this in some mm -hmm. way. So, okay. That's, that's what I, I would have known as a generic game system. Uh, right. From, from in my early days that, that, that's, that's what I was told. They're called generic systems. Um, but single engine system is what we're going to go with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. As opposed to say GURPS, the generic universal role-playing role system. system. Yes. Correct. And, you know, these things, I, I, so, so let's start with a bit of history as we often do. So let's, let's pull out the. So there's history. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yep. so what history do you want to go with? Like where the first one, what was the first one? I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure I know what the first one is either because my guess is it's something small that's probably forgotten, right? It, it's, sure. Well, the first one that would be recognizable would be, would be what I would target actually. I think GURPS is probably the earliest, most successful one, right? Okay. Yeah, so, so and GURPS is the, uh, the, the, the super crunchy generic system. Yes. And, you know, these things came about, so, so let's go back to the beginning of RPGs in the 70s. You have people writing game, you have, you, have, you, you know, D&D &D coming into existence, right? And then you have the, the suite of knockoffs that come off that are like, you know, different takes on D&D, &D, but still very similar. Yeah, and, Tunnels and Trolls, Maze and Monsters, blah, blah. Right. And then we go forward and you start to get some into the late 70s, early 80s. You start to get some exploration of other genres with early superhero games and spy games uh, and Western games and stuff like that. You know, Boot Hill and mm -hmm. cross genre computer yeah. games. There were a lot of, uh, you know, like like uh, games that had science fiction and and fantasy together mashed up. So, yep. Yep. And there were still role playing games, just computer versions, obviously, that mimicked Dungeons and Dragons again, but were sure. different in that way. Yeah, it's it's hard to underestimate just how big of a craterous impact upon the the sort of media and nerd landscape D D had. But um and, and so over the next decade, right, what happens is more and more game designers come into this because it had been very niche. It had been people that were just sort of doing it as a thing maybe they had they had been doing some design on war games or something like that previously but for the most part everybody here is new and so people start to build up skills and discover things over the decade and then you get this critical mass and somebody thinks well instead of having all these different engines right these different systems to run all these different genres what if we just have one system one universal set of rules that allows us to play in any genre right it sounds like a tolkien novel <laughs> indeed and and i think that that was really i think the motivation right because yeah one key to fit all the locks yeah yes it's the, it, that's a great way to put it it's a very skeleton key like idea right i can i can if you learn one set of rules it's appealing as a producer of content right right yeah because you can you can you can learn the one set of rules and then just blanket any story on top of that 
Right. Because the biggest barrier of entry to me as somebody who wants to write a game is getting you to actually read and internalize a new rule set. Right. And if I don't have to have you do that, if I can sell you another quote unquote new game, right? If I can sell you GURP Cyberpunk, because you already know a different GURP game. Yes. Sure. Then that's a big advantage for me, right? Sure. Yeah. You've already you've already done the development work on your system. So you don't need to worry about that again. You know, you you've taken a, you've lifted a huge burden. Yes. So to me, I, I, I totally get it. The appeal of it had to be massive. We should also point out that like uh, Palladium Games had has a, some kind of version of this, right? With like Palladium Fantasy and Rifts and Scrapers and Nightbane and, and TMNT after the bomb. And I don't know, those, whatever. Those, all those types of things, as, as, as well as you, you mentioned the D20 thing or not D20, actually, it's just uh, the Dungeons and Dragons thing, I guess is, it is now. It's not called D20 anymore or something. I don't know. Um, I, I, I feel like that's a bastardization of the single engine system um, because there's you're, you're they're still trying to sell a highly concentrated product, right? Sure. Sure. Both like both, both rifts and dungeons and dragons are, um, of course they're, they have applied their rules to different things. Um, but they haven't really, you know, said this is for everything. Right. 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 Yeah. No, that's fair. The, the, it's almost as though in those cases, and that's why I hesitated to necessarily include them. In those cases, the other products came out of like, like the Savage World System or something. Uh, with, with the D20 especially, those other genres came out of, like it was a chicken and egg thing, right? So the first was, we're going to write a universal system for D&D. That was the intention of the system. The set, the effect, the, the result was people took that system because it was open source and applied it to other genres, right? Right. Whereas with something like GURPS or the Amazing Engine, they intended from like word one of book one that this was meant to be a a generic thing used across multiple genres. I mean, catch all. Yeah. Yes. So so you're absolutely right. There there is a real distinction there. I think it's fair to to put a you know your finger on and say there's a difference. Um but so these things really came into popularity, right? And then it seems almost like just as quick they were gone. Well, it seems like there's actually been kind of a rise and fall. Okay. And again, and rise again, right? Because because we hit like when GURPS when GURPS started to become like a thing, it was it was modest modestly big. Like it, it wasn't wasn't like super tiny. People knew about it. Um, people who played Dungeons and Dragons knew about it because you know you would see ads in in other media that you that you consumed as a, a gamer uh, for GURPS. Like people people knew GURPS was a thing, um, and then it kind of you know went away. And then suddenly you know our, our our new era popped up, and we got stuff like Fate and so forth. So they came back around. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I, I think that is fair. I, I think that there's been a, a back and forth. I think you're right. There's a pendulum swing to this because and, and the reason that there's a pendulum swing in my mind is because because of the crucial 90s. Well, <laughs> it was totally crucial and extreme. But the, my thought is this, Travis, and, and tell me if you're sympathetic to this point of view at all. To me, the problem with a universal system, OK, is that in the end, 
it's going to fail often to capture the sort of verisimilitude that's necessary, that necessarily generated by good mechanics for that individual game. Often, not always. Okay. I mean, I'm sympathetic to that. I, I think, I think the, 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 the highlight, the highlighted issue is really to, to just focus that in a little bit would be that you can't write a rule for everything before you create everything. Sure, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, there, yes. you just can't. You can't do it. And if you try to, you're gonna you're gonna bog down anyone who's gonna try and read and learn your rules. Like, they're just gonna be like, "What? No, right? There's too much of this stuff. I don't need to know how to tread water. What are you talking about?" <laughs> oh, Shadowrun. So, um, yeah, I I think at a deeper level, this is kind of what I'm trying to put a finger on. Um, the when I think about something like a superhero game, okay. A superhero game requires a very specific and often extremely different set of mechanics because of the expectations of most superhero game vis-a-vis -vis the thing that they're trying to emulate, which is comics, right? Now, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions, but what I am saying is that in general, the medium of comics and the way it tells stories and the way the characters act is uh, is almost completely different than say your characters in a standard fantasy game would act right agreed and so if you try to just lift and shift the mechanics straight over there right if i just pick up the mechanics from D D and i set them down on top of uh on top of a superhero game then what i end up getting is fantasy characters in tights right running around i don't really feel like i'm experiencing the the comic books that i'm trying to replicate hmm. yeah it seems it sounds like you have a, a deep understanding of this <laughs> um like you yes. might have dabbled in, in that in this specific thing before i may um, have okay uh, now I, I i agree with what you what you're saying um to a certain extent but only only to the extent of dungeons and dragons um, Dungeons and Dragons system itself has certain limitations, um, at least in the way in the way it was back then. Um, now I'm not sure as much. I'm not super familiar with Fifth Edition, so I don't know. Um, but I would assume it has still has similar limitations and and tops and bottoms that uh, would make you know shoehorning in a superhero setting a little more difficult. Um, but what what do you think about um, your other? Uh, you know, bastardization mention of of rifts with with or palladium, sorry, but palladium mm -hmm. systems and their own implementation of superheroes. Sure. So does does so in this case we're talking about something like you know we've got the this palladium is the palladium engine. fantasy system, right? Um, and it's just been ported over to the the uh, uh what what is it called? Heroes Unlimited. Heroes I think, Unlimited. Or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I think it fails absolutely. Does um, it fail as hard? As hard? Or does no, it work better? It, it works I better. think it works better. I, I, I feel do. like it works a lot better. And like to the extent to, to where I, I think it's one of the like one of the one of the better implementations of a superhero system. Um because of its open endedness at the top end. Sure. I mean, we've talked about superhero genre games before and where I think Ryan, yeah, you have some issues with them, yeah. Yes, and, and I think Heroes Unlimited falls down in the same place that, that those did. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go back to the library and find the episode where we talk about our superhero games always bad. Um, but 
my, my answer to you is yes. I think it is more successful, largely because of the nature of the mechanics, right? Being being different. Um, and and more allowing for that kind of thing that that what a superhero game is all about. But that's a fluke and an accident if it's true, not a virtue of the system or a point in the favor of anything universal. My my point with that is agreed. I struggle still to to call a universal system. So oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But I mean, like, take the Rifts engine and try to replicate an old west gunslinging game like uh like um whatever, deadlands or whatever yeah deadlands thank you yes um i don't think it would feel right um i i really don't um try to replicate like a highly narrative almost pseudo competitive game like the like the where you're all playing gods like the experience of amber I, it just wouldn't work right you mm -hmm. wouldn't feel like those things now you could bolt on a ton of mechanics, right? right. And that's often sure. what, and and the idea for a lot of these generic systems at the time was to avoid too much bolt-on, right? There was always some. You generally had depends. It really depends on the system. There's a big swing. Like GURPS had so much bolt-in, you know. Sure. Yeah, there was a crap ton of stuff. Sure. Well, I mean, what I would say is the solid core for GURPS though always remained, right? Indeed. Right. Yeah. And so uh, all I was thinking at really was was the uh, I, I think it's interesting to think about how these different systems cope better or worse with uh, with universal deployment. Right. Um, and I and I think I, I, I don't feel like the direction Dungeons and Dragons, the Dra Dungeons and Dragons engine has taken over the years has 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 the versatility to cope with it. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's a it's a bad example of one. Well, and that's fair because it's a very, it's very the, the whether we're talking about fifth edition or or the third edition OGL yeah. or whatever, it's entrenched in a very specific set of ideals that can often make genre tin translation difficult, right? So, for example, it is a level based system of classes. Like, like that those, in itself is a big deal. Yeah, that makes a big, a huge difference. Exactly. But let me ask you the following question. Okay, here, let me let me see if I can really put the hammer down on this. Okay. Oh, the hammer. I don't know if I can handle that. All right. Well, well, I'm going to try anyways. You and I have played Vampire the Masquerade, right? We've played it as yes. an RPG, but we've played Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. And Vampire is this very moody narrative game. You're playing, you know, vampires of these specific clans that have specific outlooks in the world. And you're vying for political power and, you know, all these different things, right? Yeah, lots of secrets and intrigue and... I want you normal stuff. Yeah, I want you to imagine for a moment playing that game with the Rifts engine. What does that look like? What does that feel like? My answer is it doesn't work. It would. I fall think it does. On its face. I, why, why wouldn't it work? I think it works just fine. Um, it doesn't work as well as the you know what, well the what, whatever the vampire system is called now. I don't remember anymore, but I know it has like a, they have a unified name for it. I think but, they do. Yeah. Um, storytelling engine, storytelling. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. It's probably so, yeah, whatever. Someone will correct us, or no, you know, whatever. Nobody's listening. Sure. Um, so I think it would work okay. Um, you know, like like va like vampires. All of the different clans and stuff have you know different powers. I think right. Yep. Um, and so that would be easily implemented with either their magic or psychic system, which work fundamentally the same way. Um, so m magic or psychic stuff, you know what I mean? 
So you could have different magic and psychic stuff for each different vampire type. And, uh, you know, the I, all, all the rest of the stuff is academic. I mean... See, what I see when I look at it, when I look at vampire... There's a very sort of almost small window often that a lot of these characters operate in. Like, you know, when I think back to when we first played it in the early 90s when it was released, you know, your character sheet was a was a thing of like you could assign a couple abilities and you got five pips right in yes. a bubble at maximum yep. to invest in. And there were a lot of options, but not a lot of points. Right. And so your characters were by their nature limited. Like, yes, you were much better than an average human, but the variance amongst vampires was not huge unless you were talking about like a 14th generation versus a fourth generation or something. Right. Cause that did cause a fairly decent swing mm -hmm. in the, in the power level. Again, I feel like rifts takes care of that too. See, to me that that swing is easily handled within rifts with, with, with their different damage types. So with, with the, the variability that the rifts engine allows for is so massive. Right. I just feel like it's, all over the shop whereas this is such a tighter focused experience it's really hard like even in that generational difference the difference is still small comparatively right whereas within it is within like you'd have to really my thought my point is you'd have to really do some work okay yes and i, I agree there i mean there, there there are some issues there I'm, I'm just saying i feel like i could handle it fine um I'm, I'm definitely not saying it should. It, it, people shouldn't go out and grab a Rifts book and start translating their vampire games into Palladium <laughs> systems sure. because that's ridiculous. Because obviously, vampire is going to be better because it's built around it. Um, yes, yes, and that's uh, what I'm saying. And that's going to happen for any any focused game. Any focused game is generally speaking going to be better, better at at its game um, if it's developed properly. Okay. Um, that's, I guess that's a different different topic. <laughs> no, I think I, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of systems out there that aren't developed properly and are just sure. garbage. Sure. Um, and and would definitely benefit from using a generic system instead. That's that's totally fair. But but I think you just nailed exactly what I mean. Even if it doesn't totally fail, and we we can agree to disagree on that. But even if it does, like whether or not Rift Vampire is a failure, but um, even if it doesn't totally fail. I think that what you put your finger on there is, which I've said, that's like the fourth time I've said that, is is exactly the right answer. The, the game that has been designed from the ground up to match the tone, the themes, the experience of that world, to institute the mechanics that make a holistic experience within the game world you're trying to play to mm -hmm. is going to be better, right, at doing that thing than a generic thing you've simply transported in right. in the vast majority of cases. Yeah, I mean in in that case like Rifts doesn't have any 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 semblance of you know whatever that mechanic in Vampire was for Vampire Fear. Like vampires being afraid of just seeing a, a lit cigarette sometimes. They're so afraid of fire and certain things in their lives or whatever. Are you forgetting um, horror factor? Oh, there is horror factor. Oh, <laughs> You see, you're you're you're, str you're strengthening my point. I I well, I couldn't let that it go by because system. we were going to get a comment if I didn't say something. That so horrible, horrible system. Yes, is very versatile. Yes. Um. 
I, I would challenge you, Travis, to remember how Horror Factor works. We played that. We have played hundreds have no of hours idea. of that uh, game. Roll, but... roll high, roll low, roll percentage. I don't know what it is. I think there's a die involved. No, it's, yeah, it's so funny. Okay, there are anyway. dice involved, certainly, yeah. There's yeah. at least a die, yeah. Well, at certainly. least one. I don't know. There might be multiple. Maybe the Horror Factor is how many dice to roll. I don't know. Who knows? But my point is that I think what accounts for the ebb and flow of these generic systems and their popularity is really the sort of re it's almost like a trend of popularity, right? But it's sort of like a new group of people think they can crack the code on the sort of universal thing that'll play just as good everywhere. Realize that that isn't actually possible because the more focused specific game that was built from the ground up is simply going to be better at doing that thing. And so then they end up, you know, breaking away and, or, you know, more focused games come in and do that thing. Um, um, I don't know. I still like, I still feel like a lot of generic systems out there are better than the, the honed systems uh, and would certainly handle other, their, whatever, you know, whatever has been built around it better. Um, I think the real issue uh, it, it, to my way of thinking, isn't that? I think I think the real issue when it comes to uh, universal games, single engine systems, generic games, whatever you want to call them, right? I, I think the real the, the real problem is people people who are shopping for an RPG want to be guided. Okay, they want guidance. They want to know what they're buying. They want to know what to, you know. They want to see the story before they buy it. They want to know like. What world they're gonna be in, or you know, what 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 uh, what kind of genre they're playing in, or any of these things, they want that stuff. They want they want to be led around. It's easier. Um, it's easier to buy something when you know what you're doing. Um, and these these uh, generic games and single engine systems and, and whatever. I don't know all the whatever. I, I don't even know what the names for them are anymore. Um, but these things don't have that. They they basically they basically you know they they open pandora's box but you know they don't tell you what's coming out of it <laughs> they, you know, i don't know i don't know what i'm going to do sure that's how people feel and i think that's why these kind of games are never going to see the kind of spotlight that the uh the, the the games that have more focus do yeah it's an interesting distinction too between the the older style where you had it purposely like I don't see as many of the GURPS style, not that GURPS isn't still around, but I don't see people making GURPS style games anymore. I see what, what, what we see happening now is that open source movement where like it was designed for one thing and then it gets put into other stuff, right? Like we talked a couple episodes back about how people are using the new fifth edition, you know, open game license to write sci-fi games and Victorian horror and, and whatever, whatever. Right. And, What's interesting about that is when it's on the a sort of open source platform, it can just be this like Petri dish. Yeah. That a bunch of things are tried on and in some genres it will work and people might find it interesting. And if you combine a good writer and a, and a well-developed game with us, with a theme or tone or set or, or whatever, where it actually works, you could have something very successful. But I think the proof in the pudding that that doesn't always happen is, do you remember Alternity? Yes. Where where Wizards tried to directly port their original third edition onto a sci-fi thing, and it was bad. It was yeah. real bad, right? Um, so it, it's, 
in that case, I think what what the open game systems allow, and this is true for Savage Worlds, it's true for uh, for for you know both flavors of the the Dungeons and Dragons open system, is that they have allowed more experimentation because a lot of people can try this and see how it works across a bunch of different genres, and so there's no big commitment, right? Whereas with GURPS, like that's it, that's the company they're doing it, they own it. If when they're going to publish, you know. GURPS under the sea adventures in the little mermaid universe. That's it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that is the next book. They publish it. They have to sell it. I mean, I'd play it. <laughs> sure. I think we're all, we're all waiting for, for the, you know, the, the re-release of, uh, of the GURPS under the sea adventures. Yes. I don't need that, man. I'll just use the, I'll use the riff system. Riffs under seas. Absolutely. So to me, you know what what are we really talking about here i guess what what i don't know I, I don't know man you're it's your question sure here's how i would here's how i would sort of sum up what i think about this in my mind universal systems are always kind of a pipe dream they can work and they can be a stand in but ultimately the single focused thing is going to be better at doing that thing in the majority of the cases, not all, but the majority of the cases. And because of that, and because of the creation aspect that game designers want, right? You don't, oftentimes, once you get in and actually have experience under your belt designing, you don't want to be constrained by somebody else's thing anymore, right? Uh, don't you think these things have, have a, a certain place, though? Don't you think they're they're important to have? Like, it certainly seems like there are lots of reasons to have these kind of systems available, um, especially when people want to run one-off type things and don't want to, you know, have to build a game from the ground up. Yes, I think it is. I think we we have moved into the much better world where we have these open source licenses so they can be easily taken and adapted. Like, I think the way it is now is probably a sort of best case scenario because these there is a big advantage. The advantage is what we laid out at the beginning, right? And it is true. You already know the rules, learn the small deltas, and you can play a new game, right? You can experience, you, let me put it this way. You can play, you can ex have a new experience in your game. That's a better way to say it, right? Um, and I think that is valuable and I think that is good. I just don't think they'll ever, like they're not gonna win is my point, right? I, I agree. I'm just, I'm just curious because I, I don't, I don't think that's the purpose. I don't think the purpose is winning. I think, I think the purpose is succeeding. Uh, you know, and there's a big difference between those two things. Sure. Uh, you know, unless you're Donald Trump. Um, oh, bringing politics into it. Oh no. Oh, good night. Um, no. So, I, I, I think it's just about being successful. You know, when, when, you know, with your game or whatever. It's not, it's not necessarily about winning. Um, I, and I and I don't I don't I don't think it devalues their place at all. I think they still have a, a certain specific place. These kind of games, um, and not, I'm not talking about the D20 system or Dungeons and Dragons or whatever that is, and not talking about Palladium. I'm talking about specifically generic games. True, truly um, generic. Yeah, truly generic games, not not open licensed things or whatever. Although they could also be open licensed at the same time, it wouldn't have any weight on what I'm saying. Um, I think they have their place, and I think they're important. Um, and uh, I, I, and while I agree that uh, something honed in the same way um, by a similarly skilled developer um, is going to be better for a specific thing, there's just there's no agility 
in those systems. They they they're they're usually uh, a lot more clunky and a lot more difficult to to translate into other things in the same way that. You know, you were like, can you do vampire and rifts? Probably not very well. Well, that's going to happen with most of these these uh, specialized systems. Fair enough. No, I think that's right? I, I, don't, yes. I don't know. I think you're right. I think you're right. No, that's I think that's a totally fair point. Yes, I'm in. I agree. You, one hundred percent. There you go. Is Take that, that Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Boom. So is that uh, is that generic universal single engine game system things undesigned? That's totally undesigned. Go ahead, man. Longest title ever. Very good. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We certainly appreciate it. As always, emails down below. Drop us a comment or a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. We always appreciate it. And as always, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.